Cube Radio. You are listening to the Car Guide Podcast with Louis-Philippe Dubé and Gabriel Gélina. Good day, everyone, and welcome to the 17th episode of uh, the Car Guide Podcast. Gab, we are we're nearly just landed from uh, Munich. That's for right. The, <laughs> yeah, still a little bit jet lagged. IAA Mobility Summit, and what does IAA stand for? IAA in German stands for International Automobile Ausstellung. Yes, means International Automobile Exhibition. Yes, so, <laughs> or the Munich Auto Show. If I, well, <laughs> I guess you know it, that, that's a fair comment. But at this event, this uh, mobility, they call it now the uh, IAA Mobility yeah. 2023. In this case, it happens every two years, and it's sort of like taken over from the old Frankfurt Auto Show. Yes. Now, the, Frank the, the old IAA was held in Frankfurt every two years, mm -hmm. and it was a mega, mega car show in terms of size and scope, scale. So, you know, there was like 11, the, in the glory days are like 11 pavilions all filled with cars. Um, Mercedes-Benz had its own pavilion. BMW had its own pavilion. Uh, so they, you, they basically had all their lineup there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, most of their lineup was, exactly. was, on, was, was not, not just the new stuff, but also pretty much every model that, that they made yeah. was, uh, was exhibited. But so... We all know that car traditional car shows have sort of like fallen by the wayside. And now, uh, uh, two years ago, in 2021, after the pandemic, they decided to revive the IAA, but to give it a, a different kind of scale, do it in Munich, smaller event, but also uh, with manufacturers doing displays in the downtown Munich, in public squares, right. in, in parks. And they would build these temporary... Uh, structures and showcase their cars and it was free to the so public. They're kind of trying to bring the, the, the show is a little yeah, bit exactly. remote from the from the city center, trying to so bring it to exactly. the public. To, to bring the car show into the city center, make it free also, it's free access. And the second part of the uh, IAA is is a more traditional kind of setup in a convention center right. uh, with exhibits by manufacturers, but not only manufacturers, but also uh, parts suppliers, um, equipment makers, and, and, and even governments, you know, that, that, that are there because it's a, it's a mobility show now. Yeah. It's not so, just yeah. cars, but it's mobility. You, That's you put time. mobility to yeah. be able to attract... You know, a new, a new new type of buyer, business to business. Earlier, you mentioned that to me that a lot exactly. of more business is doing business with other, uh, uh, you know, other counterparts. So the cool thing is for the public that's in town, you can see pretty much everything that's that's new, and the manufacturers, you know, mostly the German brands, put on a hell of a show. You know, huge elaborate displays. Uh, all their vehicles are there, and in the convention center, like has, like I mentioned, you know, part suppliers, car makers, uh, governments. It, it's very much. Um, an event that's that's almost like B2B business to business and almost like networking also yep. in the automobile industry. So people who work for suppliers can can sort of get in touch with designers and engineers from the manufacturers and look at stuff, look at new technologies, things like that. Yep. There are conferences going on. So it's a very interesting uh, kind of show, but it's it has 
in, it's it's nothing like your what you tradi- did in, what, yeah, yeah, a traditional yeah, yeah. car show where yeah. you walk in and all you see is cars, cars, cars everywhere. Right. Um, like I said, the Canadian government was there, the U- government of Ukraine, Portugal, Israel. Ontario government. Ontario government was there. Stuff, yeah. And um, uh, French government and things like that. They're all there also to try and, and, and sort of like attract... Uh, investment by car makers or suppliers. Uh, Canada was there to promote the fact that, you know, we, we have a, an abundant supply of minerals that could be used to make ma- batteries and right. things like that. That's the reason why they were there. So it's that kind of uh, dynamic uh, in terms of, uh, in terms of the show. And what was really interesting to me was that 41% of the companies that were exhibiting at the uh, trade fair in the Munich Convention Center mm-hmm. had their head office in China. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's know? right. Yes. There's a lot of Chinese manufacturers that are already on mm-hmm. the European market, already selling cars like BYD, Build Your Dreams. Yes. And there's also a whole slew of other brands who have chosen this IAA in Munich to introduce new models and to showcase yep. their lineup. Kind of it. Because they're thinking, the Arabian, exactly, they're uh, thinking of moving into the European market, or at least in select countries in the European Union. Right. And so, when you see how aggressive uh, they are, I mean, you know, uh, build your dreams, uh, BYD. And they have so many cars on yeah, exactly. display. It's like more cars than than the, the than the European manufacturers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they introduced the Seal, which is a new car that looks basically, you know, very close to a Tesla Model 3. It will be sold about the same kind of price in Europe. Uh, so they're, you know, everybody, all of these Chinese car makers are sort of like gunning, starting to gun for for Tesla, yeah. and they have a price advantage, which they. They think they will be uh, will be useful in the market. So that was an interesting, um, an interesting it's kind of an eye opener. Yeah, exactly. You know, Because you know that if they're moving into Europe or starting to do business in Europe and selling cars in Europe, it's just a matter of time before they're going to try and, and come into the North American market. Oh yeah, you know, which definitely. Is a, which is a huge they're, market. Like the uh, the the side view mirrors, uh, manufacturers in the in the mirror are closer than they appear. Exactly. <laughs> There you go. But we also looked at a lot of uh, uh, cars that were. Uh, you know, uh, introduced by what we can call the legacy automakers yes. or, you know, the, the, the established brands. Like you covered Mercedes Benz extensively and they showcased the uh, CLA concept electric vehicle, yeah. which is pretty interesting. It is interesting because we saw uh, uh, this is kind of a, a, a glimpse of this concept uh, a couple of months. I think it was a, maybe a year ago. And now the result is a vehicle that directly wants to, to rival the Tesla Model 3. Well, we've heard that one before, right? Mm-hmm. You know, with especially uh, German manufacturers. But this time, I think this vehicle, if you look at how um, uh, Mercedes has done the EQE for mm-hmm. the for the E-Class, which is completely different vehicles in yeah. terms of style. Uh, same thing uh, uh, with the EQS a sedan, a vehicle that aims at the same kind of, of, of client, but is completely different in terms of looks. Like it or not, uh, this is how the way it happens in Merce- at Mercedes. But this time, I think that this concept... It's it's more stylish. It steps away from the the EQ vehicles that we have now on 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 the market that you can buy, and also it promises a lot of stuff, like up to seven hundred and fifty kilometers of range, which is pretty impressive uh, considering. We'll, we'll we'll talk about the the Tesla Model Three in in, in a couple of minutes. Uh, that is uh, has a maximum range of six hundred twenty nine kilometers on the long range model uh, for twenty twenty four. Let's uh, specify that performance data. 
Not much. Uh, they couldn't tell us exactly. It's still a concept. It's still ways away, but kind of, you know, uh, uh, showing their teeth to, 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 uh, to, to Tesla in regards to the compact uh, luxury sedan uh, segment. But what's significant is that it's built on a brand new architecture yeah. for Mercedes-Benz. Yeah, an architecture that Mercedes-Benz says that it can be used with both electric and gas vehicles. Exactly. So it's, it's pretty interesting in that way. Usually you say, well, a global uh, a, a platform unveiled by a manufacturer is usually it's only electric, yeah. whereas Mercedes-Benz, they know that in certain markets, they're going to be able to, to still supply, you know, for, for a while because, you know, we're really aggressive with, with regulations, yeah. but some markets are not. It's an interesting playbook because they're basically following the same kind of path or strategy as BMW. You know, mm -hmm. BMW is building you know, new platforms that are going to be able to be used for pure electric EV yep. or for hybrid or for gasoline. And they're sort of like hedging their bets that way because exactly. and they can react quicker, you know, in terms of demands to the various markets in terms of production. And make and the so, most out of their gas cars if, exactly. if ambitions are taking a little bit further yeah, exactly. <laughs> by governments. Yeah, exactly. um, the, uh, the new platform is called the MMA architecture. For now, it's going to... Uh, uh, to uh, Uh, be declined in uh, a, a compact sedan, mm. a sportback sedan, also two SUVs. Obviously, they had, they had, you know, and that's that's the, the whole idea. I guess it's going to be the more profitable way to to, to make this uh, platform work, and uh, also. Uh, there is a, there is a whole inside of the technologies, you know, beyond. I mean, it doesn't look like the Tesla Model 3 at all. With you know, just horizontal, simple, and uh, a screen. It's it's got futuristic looks. It's got everything. I think they, they, everything Mercedes can do in an interior. They, they, they've been trying something. It doesn't mean that the production model is going to look like that, obviously. But if you look at the pictures on the website, you'll see that it's it's pretty wacky. Pretty wacky because I think you know my colleague Mark Vaughn from AutoWeek said it best when he he showed a picture of the interior of the CLA concept and the seats and the way the headrest is designed yeah. on the seats. And he, said, he wrote, tell me those, those don't look like smiling baby hammerhead sharks. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's exactly what it looks like in terms of, you know, the seat moves up, there's a hole yeah. in the center, which would be the mouth yeah, of the shark. Like a, and then, it's going up Jaws style. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got the headrest that's sort of like a blue and wraparound. So yeah, a lot, a lot of chrome, a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's really, it's heavy, you yeah. know, the center. Area, but it's, it kind of showcases what Mercedes wants to do. It, it's kind of funky. But also more significant, well, not more significant, but perhaps as significant, you know, there's one uh, model in the Mercedes-Benz lineup that is uh, iconic, and that's the G-Wagon. Yeah. You know, that big box on, on wheels. Uh, traditionally, was powered by huge V8 engines, twin turbocharged, and things like that. And now um, it looks like Uh, Mercedes-Benz is, is gunning to make a smaller version. Yeah. What we would call the baby G wagon. Yeah. And, and the, uh, the, uh, the brand called it affectionately the baby G. But mm -hmm. we know a couple of things about it because yeah. the EQ, um, the, uh, the EQ model of the G, the EQG, what they call now the EQG is in the final testing phases. Mm -hmm. So it should be on the market next year. Uh, um, uh, Mercedes-Benz says that obviously it's got You know, no compromise because I spoke to um, uh, the designer uh, Gordon Wagner and also uh, the head of uh, of uh, the G uh, division at Mercedes Benz, and they said, "Well, you know, the G is the G. You can't unbox it. You can't, you know, put it softer, just like an EQ model, right?" So uh, I think um, 
Emmerich Schiller, which is the head of the, the G division. By the way, it's a completely different division. It's under the uh, the truck and four by four equipment division yeah, yeah. at Mercedes, <laughs> which was created in the you know like in in the old days. But they kind of kept it that way because it was so singular. Um, he says that it's going to be a G wagon or a, a, a class G with electric motors. It's not going to be the uh, the other way around, which is uh, an electric car, a new uh, a new electric car that we made electric. And mm-hmm. we said, well, it's pretty much the same thing. Says, it's not because, you know, getting that box, I mean, it's like a big, big, big piece of plywood in the wind, you know. Mm-hmm. People love the design. People who are ready to pay a quarter of a million dollars and more for that design. You know, if, if you smooth it out, nobody's going to care. So a few aerodynamics um, uh, elements have been changed, and they, I mean, I, I was speaking to the designer. I was like, "Well, anything you change on this vehicle is going to make it better in terms of aerodynamics." And um, obviously, it's going to the EQS, which is the full size now. What we learned about the EQS in the last, uh, the sorry, the the uh, EQG uh, model that what that, that we learned in the last few months is probably going to be transposed in that in that mm-hmm. uh, baby G you know four electric motors a huge battery that is uh, uh, completely uh, 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 waterproof, you know, because there's a certain weighting uh, depth with the, with the, with the G class. Yeah, that it's they don't want SUV and it's an off roader and things like uh, yeah. that. Yeah, off roader is a big yeah, word yeah. because well. I, I was confirmed when I was speaking to uh, to. Um, uh, I was saying Emmerich Schiller uh, that you know how many I asked him how many how many what's that we always want to know how how, how what percentage of, of drivers actually it take it out off road. Yeah. He says you know I don't have precise figures, but it's a, it's about ten percent. <laughs> <laughs> but still, and you know as you know, making this type of vehicle which is loud grunting, you know, mm. so you, you've heard it, you know, the the, the, the just just roll by I mean even if it's at low RPM it sounds like judgment day and making it electric mm-hmm. and getting those buyers to be interested in, in that electric version is, is is quite of a challenge and uh, I think the baby version is going to be it's going to be definitely carrying over uh, the same technologies but Unfortunately, folks, that's all we know about it now. It's been confirmed during the unveiling of the the, the CLA concept thing, and then and then by by uh, Mercedes-Benz CEO. And I guess we'll know. We'll, the information is going to trickle trickle down uh, in the next few months. Yeah, sure. So on my side, I looked at um, you know Audi uh, was of course uh, president. Volkswagen Group was president at the uh, yep. the IAA in Munich. And for Audi, uh, what's interesting is that. You know, they showcased obviously the, the Q6 e-tron electric SUV. Now I went to drive, uh, we talked about this before. I went yes. to drive the, uh, the prototype, uh, in the Faroe Islands of, of this new vehicle that's, uh, being built on the, which will be the first actually vehicle built on the premium platform electric, uh-huh. uh, the new platform shared by Porsche and uh, Audi. And for Porsche, it will be the, the Macan EV, which is uh, coming on stream soon as well. So in the IAA, when I drove the prototype, what, what was interesting is that we never saw the dashboard or the interior of the car. It was all like covered with, uh, with cloth. So right. we couldn't tell what was actually you know, behind, behind yeah, the I steering wheel. I saw the pictures. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was like tarps. Uh. tarps. <laughs> and um, so at the IA, they showcased the interior of the vehicle and they showed us what the interior of the Q6 e-tron uh, was going to look like. Yep. And 
you know, when I drove the prototype, I could sort of like tell that it was going to be like one big giant screen curved display, a bit like BMW. Um, and that was essentially confirmed, when, you know, when we saw the, the photos and we saw the, we're able to step into the vehicle. Basically, what they've done is they've created a, what they call a digital stage. Um, so there's basically two screens that are linked together. The first screen is your virtual cockpit, you know, yep. driving information. And then on the other side, towards the center, um, also as a so sort of like a curved freestanding display, it's all one big unit, is everything with regards to you know, the infotainment and uh, mm-hmm. all these other uh, heating and ventilation controls, HVAC and all that stuff. What's interesting also is that on the higher end versions of the Q6, there'll also be an, another screen which will be right in front of the passenger. And the passenger will be able to look at video content, uh, you know, streaming, yeah. streaming yeah. video, Cast things like that. some something yeah, uh, whatever. On, on the screen. And uh, there's a... Uh, but how it, it will not be possible for the driver to be looking at that screen while he's right. driving. It's only going to be, you know, the passenger is going to be able to see clearly what the images are. But from the driver's point of view, you won't be able to see it. Safety first. Safety first, exactly. So um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, and, and that basically is going to be the new sort of like interior layout for future uh, Audi electric uh, products. Uh-huh. And we know there are a lot of them that are that are going to be uh, to be coming. So it was interesting. Also, as usual, you know, the, the, the rest of the interior, a lot of recycled materials. That's the buzzword now. It's a big trend. Exactly. Yeah. At Mercedes, so, it was the same. They, exactly. they, they, they come up with all kinds of recycled <laughs> fish nets and, and whatnot to be able to turn them a little bit uh, more, more to use, I guess. Uh, but I, you know what about that? Um, we were having a roundtable with Gordon Wagoner at Mercedes, which is the chief of design, and trying to, you know, get some information out of him about those, all those concepts. And then, you know, someone asked a question about interior design in, in EVs. And he says, he said to us that he's not, sometimes he doesn't really agree with, with those recycled materials, not because mm-hmm. they're not nice, but because some newer, new materials that are synthetic can be, even more sustainable, mm-hmm. you know, because they, 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 they get these materials to, to turn them, you know, recycled materials to be able to turn them into something, Useful. you know, wor- yeah. and, and worthy of an interior yeah, of, yeah. of a vehicle of that class, yeah. especially in those segments. He says, well, sometimes we have to look at sustain- sustainability, uh, sustainability first instead of trying to show off, yeah. you know, that we're, we're, we're taking, you know, something out of, out of that, that, that was a waste and then making it really expensively into a more, uh, a greater looking material, which was, I found was funny because it's, it's, it's kind of draws a line, you know, there's no, it reminds us that uh, sustainable technologies is they're not always sustainable. Yeah. And uh, right next door to this, uh, or actually the next display over from the Audi Q6, we saw an interesting Volkswagen. Oh, yeah. Which was the (laughs) GTI ID concept. So trying to picture a GTI that's electric drive. Yeah. And it's it's tough for the purists and and fans of the brand. (laughs) It's it's tough. It's tough to, 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 to see, but... But obviously, it fits within the strategy of Volkswagen because, you know, they plan to launch 11 new electric models by 2027. Right. Not, not all of them will make it to North America, obviously, but uh, a few will. And um, what's interesting about this um, this uh, concept car for an electric GTI, it, 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 it was built on an existing platform, the MEB platform, which is yep. the pl- same platform as used for the ID4 uh, crossover. And... Um, <laughs> and and similar to the gas powered model this this is a front wheel drive car you mm-hmm. know so basically one motor to drive the uh, to drive their front wheels and 
What's interesting too is that we don't have any, you know, technical information about about this, this yeah, vehicle. There's not, there's not much in terms of size, it looks smaller than yeah. an actual GTI than today's GTI. It kind of looks a bit like a size like a Polo, which is smaller, which Volkswagen, is smaller, yeah, which is sold only in Europe, uh, Europe and other markets, but nothing, nor, nothing uh, North America. Um, so. That's that's a, a, an interesting thing that it's actually a little bit smaller, and what also they're trying to get into you know the, the GTI is such an iconic car for Volkswagen. It's it, in terms of driving uh, performance, mm-hmm. in terms of the the engagement that you have. When yeah, the bang for the buck, basically exactly. as well with the GTI. So they're, they're going to try to translate that into an electric car. You know, obviously through some kind of artificial sounds and things like that, but yeah. trying to make the, the experience. I think that's the key thing for many manufacturers in terms of sports cars is that, you know, how do you make an electric sports car engaging just like a gas-powered car is? Right. And that's going to be the biggest, uh, the biggest challenge. Yes, they're fast in a straight line, but, you know, you have to do something about the weight and you have to do something about the emotion that you feel in the car. Especially with a car like a GTI. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be quite interesting to see how they, they, they will try and pull it off and whether or not yeah. Yeah, they will yeah. succeed. What, one <laughs> so, of the things too to mention is that I, there's only one sketch of the interior now. And yeah. obviously we couldn't see the interior, but they have to keep the plaid seats. Yeah, you know, of course. The plaid cloth I, mean, seat. yeah, <laughs> I mean, if they don't do that, yeah, you'll sure. lose your, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. the clients that, that bought GTIs and that are very, very, uh, very adamant to see this new, uh, this new electric, electric version of it. Yeah. Also, what was interesting at um, the IAA in Munich, you know, Tesla doesn't attend usually ah, yeah. car shows, you yeah. know, but they were there. Very small booth, yeah, only was, two cars. Like 20 like, by 20 or exactly. something. <laughs> and only two cars, you know, Model Y, but, also, the best-selling and- but also the Model 3, the new look of the, the Model 3, what they call the Project Highland. Yes. So uh, a little bit new styling, you know, for the front end of the car and things like that. But it was interesting to see just how much attention mm. they got. Because oh, yeah. These cars were like swarmed by, not only by journalists, but by, you could tell. I mean, I even saw Frank Weber. Frank Weber is a, a member of the board of management of BMW AG responsible for research and development. You know, that's like a top gun guy. And he was in the and car. And he was in the car and he's playing around with the infotainment, you know, scrolling with the, with the little, little thumb wheel, yeah. uh, the little wheel on the, uh, on the uh, steering wheel and things like that, you know, looking at the screen, how what, what the interaction was uh, all about. Yeah, yeah. So it just goes to show, you know, uh, again that that kind of show you can get that kind of stuff. You mm-hmm. can get these 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 individuals who are looking at uh, the other guys' stuff. Right. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> so I, I, I was I was expecting more from that uh, the from new the Model, Model 3. 3. Yeah, sure. I was expecting mm-hmm. something like so because we saw it before uh, the show and you know on the front end obviously more more, yeah, more slick, uh, more aerodynamic, okay. The rear, the new taillights but inside there's new features well, new screens and stuff like that but it's still pretty much the same, right? It's an old "Quote unquote model." That's it, you know, like it's. Uh, it doesn't. Uh, it could have benefited from more, but I guess, I guess Tesla doesn't want to step into something really, really, really different because people are buying them. You know, they they're they're not. Uh, their sales aren't slowing down. So why would they they reinvent on the wheel? They gave it. They they gave them uh, the uh, the models uh, uh, more 
range, which is by the maximum yeah. range would be 629, I think, from for the long range model. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, kilometers. And, you know, that's good. People want range and people, you know, maybe it wasn't essential to to, to redo the, the model completely like, like another manufacturer would do. And I also want to underline something that it was so tough to take pictures. I mean, you've, you've, yeah, I, t- I took a few. You took a few as well. And I, I mean, we couldn't do a gallery with, with only mine. <laughs> Thank God you were there as well, because security around the booth was just always in my pictures, and there was no way to get closer to the car. It goes to show that you know they don't. It, they wanted to have a, a presence there, but it wasn't really, really to sell cars. It was just to to, to be there and have some coverage, I guess. Exactly. And I think you know it's um <clears throat> it's interesting that. Yeah, obviously they're doing great business over in Europe, you know, yeah, just as they are doing here in the, in North America, and you know they're they're basically updating a little bit, you know, uh, what is a, a proven proven bestseller for them, and uh, a car that has a uh, a lot of success. Yeah, well, that, that's it for the uh, Munich uh, IAA Summit, uh, which was last week, and we'll know a little bit more about those concepts in the coming months. All right. Uh, just prior to flying to Munich, I also went to uh, Denver, Colorado to drive the Polestar 2. Yes. The 2024 uh, model. So um, uh, what's significant about this uh, this car, obviously, the Polestar 2 is a, is a car that does pretty well in the marketplace here uh, in Canada. Um, and... Pretty, a pretty accessible vehicle too. Yeah, if you exactly. order one, you'll, you'll get one, you know. Yeah, you pretty know. quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is, which is, which is a, a very important thing to mention. Yeah, for, for an electric car, absolutely. And what they've done with the, uh, 2024 models is basically a whole raft of improvements mm-hmm. under the skin and very little in terms of changes in terms of the styling or the design. Yeah. So, you know, to cover it quickly in terms of styling, Basically, the front end of the car is, is new. It's got, uh, they've incorporated what they call the smart zone at the top of the, uh, what was the, the old grill. Basically, what they're saying is that, you know, an electric car doesn't need to breathe. Uh, it needs more, uh, the visibility for the electric components for the uh, assisted driving and things like that. So all the, sensors and everything that's uh, needed uh, for those systems to be active, the radar and things like that, that's located at the top of uh, the grill in what they call now the smart zone. It's basically a, a wide band, if you will, uh, where all the, the tech is sort of like hidden behind it. And there's new wheels design and that's it. You know, the rest of the car is exactly the same as, as previously. So, you know, in terms of uh, spotting the difference between a 2024 and a previous, uh, previous years, just look at the front of the car <laughs> and, uh, and the wheels. But what's happened, interesting is that, you know, they've got new motors, new inverters, so more power, uh, more range also from, um, from the battery. And, um, and the, so the, the biggest changes are things that you cannot see. So the, the, the batteries are also are faster charging. There's always a single motor variant, which is now, of course, is rear wheel driven. So uh, it's no longer the, the front wheels. The front are, wheel, yeah. But the rear wheels. And it's got a new, uh, newly developed permanent magnet uh, motor with silicon carbide inverter power output. 
is uh, 295 uh, horsepower, which is increased from 228. So a lot of uh, a lot of power has been added to the car. More torque as well, 361 pounds feet up from 243, and so that cuts the uh, 0 to 100 times from 7.4 to 6.2 seconds. So it's much quicker yeah. for the rear-wheel drive version. And it's quick enough that if you don't really need the all-wheel drive version, which is, of course, much more expensive, uh, the dual motor start you know, will be about $8,000 more. So right. if you don't need oh, the wow. all-wheel drive, you know, this car now has enough power to be able to get out of its way, so to yeah. speak, you know, to, to do passing on two lane roads and things like that. Um, so it, it, whereas before with the lower power rating, um, it was a bit of a, you know, it was a little bit tough sometimes in certain situations. Yep. So now it's, it's not, you're not in the penalty box is what I'm saying. If, yeah, you, yeah. if you've got the single motor now. And um, of course you've got the, the dual motor and the dual motor of course is uh, much, uh, much stronger in terms of, uh, in terms of power, 416 uh, horsepower. If you add the performance pack, uh, you're you're going to get up to you know 512 uh, horsepower, which is quite a lot. Yeah, the torque is the same, uh, stays the same at 546 pounds feet of torque. So you know zero to to, to 104.3 seconds. So you know it's very quick. Um, and the 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 flip side obviously is that with the uh, long range uh, dual motor performance package, you know 397 kilometers. That's about the maximum range oh, okay. that you're going to get. Yeah, it's um, it's like a low lower lip, you know. Yeah, on course. the low on the low side the, uh, side these days in that segment. Exactly, but the um, you know the 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 single motor with uh, what they call the long range single motor. That's part now what they call the 300 club, you know, 300 miles in terms of range. Awesome, and that's uh, that's a significant, uh, you know, in terms of uh, in terms of uh, range in, in kilometers, you know, 300 300 miles is quite quite a lot. Yeah, it's good, and uh, so it's uh, it's interesting to see that the you know they've gotten more of um, uh, more. Not only more power, but also a little bit more uh, more range, and that's of course thanks to a new uh, 82 kilowatt hour uh, battery. So that that was it was quite interesting to see also because the dual range motor um, they've tuned the the systems so that there's more um, of a rearward bias. If okay, you will, yeah. In terms of the power delivery, so when you're coming out of corners, the car feels very agile. Uh, it feels very playful as well. So it's kind of like fun, a little bit more fun. To, obviously, it's still a very heavy car. Yeah. But, uh, but, but now you're telling me this because we, I drove the one of the first uh, yeah. Star 2 and it wasn't really inspiring. It was efficient, yes. but, but not that inspiring. So I guess now it's, it, it gained a few points on that matter. Yeah. In terms of price, obviously, uh, another thing we should mention, there's more standard equipment now okay. that's included into uh, the base price. Base price has gone up about a thousand dollars over. That's for the, uh, you know, the, the basic model uh, MSRP of fifty four thousand nine hundred fifty, about a thousand dollars more than before. Yeah, and the dual motor uh, starts at sixty two thousand nine fifty, up four thousand uh, dollars from the last year's model. Right, but bef you know, again, there's more. Um, the uh, there's more content, if you will, in the car. A lot of the equipment that was offered as an option before is now part of standard equipment. So, in terms of the value, uh, it's still a very uh, compelling uh, proposition, right? And of course, it's uh, eligible for all the uh, 
the incentives. So uh, if you're a Can if you're a Canadian citizen, you know Canadian government will uh, give you an incentive of five thousand dollars and. If you're in Quebec, you'll get seven thousand from the provincial government. Yep. If you're in BC, it's going to be four thousand. So, uh, so here to get you know twelve thousand in Quebec, but it's twelve thousand dollars off is uh, yeah. is very compelling as yeah, well. And yeah, and it's it's good that you know on a car in that segment, you know, for, yeah. for to be able to have access to that. So it's um, you know more range, more power, more efficient, more fun to drive, and more content. Basically, that's the Polestar two for 2024. Awesome. For my part, I uh, hit the road on the very, very um, fun and picturesque highway of the 401 <laughs> between Toronto and Montreal uh, on board a very, very, very large uh, 2024 Chevrolet Silverado HD. <laughs> Does it sound good so, so far? All right. <laughs> However, <laughs> keep on trucking. <laughs> keep on trucking. And uh, that was kind of to, to go visit uh, the uh, the assembly plant, which is uh, in Oshawa, uh, for only uh, the Silverado HD and 1500. Not on the GMC side, unfortunately for Oshawa, but a plant uh, that's uh, that's close to Toronto and very very busy at the moment. Well, in the last few years, it's been it's been getting busier and busier uh, in terms of getting more product assembled. For the uh, Silverado HD, uh, the model that I had was uh, the High Country, which is you know the Cadillac of the <laughs> of the Silverado. Uh, it's uh, um, uh, similar to the uh, the uh, Denali on on uh, on the uh, GMC side. Uh, the, this segment of truck usually more than more than ever or, or more than the other ways it's a business expense you know yeah, of course. Uh, uh, transport companies uh, other you know like construction companies and stuff like that they'll, they'll they can justify uh, an expense and you know however whoever gets it in the company the employee how high uh, he, he or she ranks will get usually the owner a higher trim right <laughs> so the high country is a is a 96,000 it starts at about 96,000 uh, dollars for 2024 which is uh, for, for the high country uh, uh, model which is you know once you get there with all the bits the, the bells and whistles that you want because we know this class of of buyer will will get all the bells and whistles and it's upwards of a hundred thousand dollars obviously um, these trucks you know before it was only for road and and equipment and power and torque and now they're getting more and more luxurious and that's a big word by the way luxurious because in the truck segment I mean it's more chrome more wood <laughs> and, mm -hmm. yeah, and, and and more technology and more comfort because we have to underline also that uh, until just now the GMC uh, um, uh, the Denali for for the uh, uh, the, the HD truck was and and the uh, Silverado sported a very plastic and very old interior. Yeah. So now they got with the program. They have a bigger, uh, bigger screen and bigger uh, and a lot more technology for the driver inside because it's not only companies that buy them now. They they have you know uh, wealthy ranch owners or, or people that just want to. Big ass truck. I mean, mm -hmm. it's 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 part of the culture. They, and now they they have the the ZR2 uh, models as well that uh, that are outstanding and outstandingly heavy in the trail, but but yeah, exactly. more competent. Mm -hmm. uh, but as for the, the the high country one, I drove from Montreal to Toronto and back, uh, actually Oshawa, and to kind of look at the and the fuel economy because they're not renowned for their their mm -hmm. uh, their fuel economy. We had uh, the diesel. 
uh, engine. They, you know, it, it, it has uh, two types of engine available with two types of engines, a 6.6 liter gas and a 6.6 liter diesel. And now the 6.6 liter gas has the Allison 10 speed automatic, which it didn't because it was the six speed before. And obviously the diesel still keeps the, 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 uh, the 10 speed Allison transmission. And one thing I found interesting, I wanted to test all the, the, uh, the technology and it, you know, uh, the, uh, adaptative, uh, fuel, uh, uh, cruise control now is mm-hmm. pretty much in, uh, all the vehicles in that kind of, of, of bracket. Range, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That kind of range. And I used it on the way down, uh, the whole way down. And I found it very difficult to, uh, to, you know, it wasn't mitigating. It wasn't, uh, uh, anticipating too much. I know it's a big truck, but I wasn't even loaded, loading anything. But I, I drove on the adaptative cruise control the whole way down. And when I got to Oshawa, I, I looked at my range and the range figure was up to only highway, basically 90% highway. I got about 13 point, uh, 13.6 liters to 100 kilometers, which mm-hmm. is pretty high for a highway. But yeah. then again, these types of trucks, they, they consume a lot of uh, fuel. So I spoke to my colleagues and they said, oh, you, 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 you drove on the, uh, the, the adaptive, adaptive cruise control. Cruise control. Yeah. And it was always, you know, kind of, kind of, you know, a little bit jittery, you know, still efficient, but, you know, going back and forth. And then when you, when the person you're trying to pass in the front goes away, it just slams on the gas, you know. So when I came back, downshifts two years years and and, and go, yeah. When I came back, I disabled it because on a lot of GM vehicles and other brands, you can disable the adaptative part and only have a regular cruise control, control, which is, we, we would like to think that in the winter with, with all the sensors block, it still works because mm-hmm. some, some some vehicles don't have that luxury. Uh, and uh, it dropped to 12.2, mm-hmm. uh, the fuel efficiency, which is, you know, when you think 500 kilometers, it's a lot, you mm-hmm. know, it's, yeah, it represents exactly. a lot of fuel, right? Mm-hmm. So that was something, maybe I started with the with the, what I liked a little bit less about that truck. That's something to maybe work on uh, at Chevrolet to be able to make it smoother because a lot of manufacturers have made it, made their, their instruments like that smoother. Uh, as for uh, uh, a performance, no problem there. I mean, 470 horsepower, 975 foot-pounds of torque. Yeah, basically, it's you can move a house. It's not a problem. And yeah. I was, it was surprisingly fast. Well, I wasn't carrying anything, obviously, but just trying to trying to haul around the mm-hmm. city. You know, like it was the the agile component of these trucks have been in, been getting better and better and better year after year. I mean, they're so heavy, mm. but more suspension work, more calibration, more uh, 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 things for the engine, making it smoother with those transmission. It worked very well for me. Uh, and the comfort, obviously, well, no problem there as well on, on, uh, on the highway. So uh, I would like to try this truck again with something loaded in the back because uh, obviously you can hitch 22,500 pounds of load, <laughs> which is a pissing competition between, yeah, you know, who's better. I mean, you know it. Every time yeah. we, we, we write the book every year, it's like who wins, who doesn't, mm-hmm. what trims are good or bad. Um, I mean, you can you can basically gooseneck. I think it's upwards of 30,000, you mm-hmm. know, be, because you're spreading the load on, on, on the rear axle and, and in, in, in the box, which is completely mental. Who's going to use that except mm-hmm. for that the transport companies or maybe the construction companies that uh, that, uh, that we've been talking about. But still a very, very, uh, very important component of of this vehicle because let's say it basically people buy these trucks to, to, to tow this is exactly. what this is how you jump from the 1500 segment to this uh, the mm-hmm. full size to, to this uh, it's for towing segment. Yeah, especially yeah. especially uh, another thing to mention uh, for the 20 
24 Silverado HD. It has the new interior, but the work truck version and the custom truck, uh, the custom trim, don't have uh, the new uh, interior. So okay. that's that's if you're shopping for the new interior and exp- the old interior is like, it, it looks 20 years old. But but <laughs> this one, this one is so much better. And mm. consider looking at at at, at, at uh, uh, in the in the in the trim line a little bit higher to be able to benefit from all of that. So uh, for that, the uh, on the highway, that's my impressions of the uh, 2024 Chevrolet Silverado HD. And uh, we hope to do be able to do a test on uh, on with loaded at least something in the box to be able to see how it handles and if it handles as well and the performance is as good as, as I experienced on the highway. Um, in terms of previews for the next um, for the next podcast, uh, yes. I mean, I know you've been driving the Kia EV9, which yeah. is a, a vehicle that you've seen before, but now you got you got to drive it. <laughs> yeah, I got to drive it. I can't really talk about it yet because uh, the driving impressions are under embargo. Yes. and uh, But I did go to um, uh, Hyundai... Uh, it's proving grounds in the Mojave Desert yes. in California, right off the Edwards Air Force Base. <laughs> that sounds so badass. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and the truck looks looks like a like yeah. a stormtrooper, you know. Exactly. <laughs> so it's the, obviously it's the EV9, three row electric, all electric SUV. Um, you know, big battery, uh, almost ninety nine point eight kilowatt hours, and we got to drive it on the proving grounds itself. So. Um, it's a huge complex with lots of tracks, about 70, uh, 100, uh, 150 kilometers of roads, you know, okay. on this, on this, on this property. Um, a high speed oval, <laughs> a road course, uh, you know, a whole, uh, skid pad for, uh, to, to uh, test dynamics, off road, uh, tracks as well. So we got to really, you know, put it through its paces. In a controlled environment, not, you know, on the road. And I'll be able to tell you a lot more about it when we meet again for the next podcast. Looking forward to it. Uh, for my part, I drove the an, another embargoed on impression ve- uh, vehicle, uh, the uh, 2024 Mercedes-Benz CLE. Uh, if you don't know yet, the uh, CLE is basically the coupe and convertible from the C-Class that we used to have and the coupe and convertible from the E-Class. Bunch into, into one, one. merge into one. <laughs> uh, it's uh, impressively, it's longer than the C class, mm. but it's also longer than the E class. The old E class was yeah. like, a, I think it's 15 millimeters longer. So it's kind of a big vehicle. Uh, in North America, we'll only get uh, the uh, three, uh, 300, uh, CLE 300 model, which has uh, the four cylinder uh, turbocharged engine outputting 255 horsepower and 295 foot pounds of torque. Other markets will get. Other variants, obviously, there's a diesel in in in, um, in Europe and also the 450 in the U.S. Uh, it is reasonable to to think that maybe we'll get one of the well the 450, not confirmed yet, and maybe some AMG models. Uh, so. Also, I will be able to tell you all about my impressions because that's where I need to stop. Uh, <laughs> but we'll be able to, to chat about it on the next episode. So that's it for today for us. And uh, thank you for listening. If you want to see the pictures, uh, everything we've covered on the Munich Auto Show, the IAA Summit in Munich, uh, just uh, that's still going on at the moment. Uh, you can check out carguideweb.com and uh, also follow us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you on the next one. So long and take care. Thank you for listening to the Car Guide Podcast. 
Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review if you'd like. Visit us at carguideweb.com for daily updates and news on everything auto, as well as weekly reviews and drives. You can also follow us on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram at The Official Car Guide.